Hello and welcome to episode 11. Have you noticed I started saying, do what you can and do it today at the end of episodes? I've decided it is the mantra of this, I'm not exactly sure where this ship is going, cottywomple of an endeavor that the Power of the Hearts podcast lives to be. As I said at the end of episode 10, today is going to be a review of all we've learned together in six interviews, one children's book and author review, and three solo digressions from yours truly. But I want to start today's said solo digression style episode with a shout out and thanks to the Republic of Vanuatu. Vanuatu is a South Pacific Ocean archipelago made of about 80 islands, and it's an independent nation since 1980 when it also joined the United Nations. They've spoke up this week by being the first nation state to call for a fossil fuel non-proliferation treaty at the United Nations General Assembly. And rather than waiting for an opportunity or connection with an English-speaking resident of the country to interview for Power of the Hearts podcast, I want to take this momentous time in history to recognize them immediately and include their stats in this audio log. Vanuatu has a population of approximately 327,000 people as of this year, making it one of the smallest countries, ranked 182 out of 210 on the world population ticker I used which, yeah, it's confusing. When I discuss in episode six that the best argument to number of countries in the world totals about 195, then that argument discludes England being a separate country from UK. And the ticker I'm referring to for this data does include it as a separate country. So bear with me as I try my best to give a gist of where things are at, despite all the haze in the data. I will add that Vanuatu does rank higher on a fertility rate than the world average. Fertility being a stat more to my attention, having recently learned about Elon Musk's proclamations of the world facing a human population collapse threat, which is discussed in a brief CNN article in the show notes, along with other references I make in this episode. The Vanuatu Environmental Science Society exists to bring awareness to their people of their endangered species and educate how each species is an integral part of their life and what they can do as a nation state to help 27 out of the current 138 threatened species identified on the islands. These 27 are prioritized by the Critical Ecosystem Partnership Fund, CEPF investment. CEPF states, quote, Biodiversity, the rich array of life on Earth, is fundamental to human survival. But under tremendous and growing threat, it was founded in 2000 to address this challenge by empowering civil society in developing countries and transitional economies to protect the world's biodiversity hotspots, which are some of Earth's most biologically rich yet threatened terrestrial ecosystems. One of these 27 species the CEPF identified in Vanuatu is the flying fox. It's a type of bat that's integral to the pollination and seed disbursement within the tropical climate of the islands. There is an ongoing effort to educate the people of the island on the different variations of flying fox species, which are endangered and therefore should not be considered a food source, and how to help scientists gather information about their roosting sites or other observations 
towards a focus project to save them. The national dish of Vanuatu is lap-lap. Pounded yams, breadfruit, bananas, and taro are made into a paste, and then coconut cream is added. Commonly, a piece of meat, chicken, or beef, or pork is placed in it also before it is all wrapped in a banana leaf and cooked in an underground oven. Doesn't that sound amazing? It's described in a bunch of travel sites as, quote, the perfect takeaway food. This review of Vanuatu's three stats that the Power of the Hearts community follows is our big way of thanking them for their leadership in our shared home's health. And as I continue to fall forward creating this audio log, I have to share that the biggest question that continues to circle back is, who am I serving? For those that monetize their podcasts, a business perspective like Charlie Day teaches us in episode three is asking oneself, what is the niche market you are serving and what are you helping them solve? And this is where I've always struggled in my dabble with entrepreneurship and why I started this podcast is because I have had this podcast sentiment and feeling inside me for so long that such a simple intention and such great numbers could help bring more awareness to the overwhelm and loneliness we all share and having moments of as humans, and that such simple awareness could change the course of the universe. Therefore, I have not narrowed my niche to anything less than humans that understand English. As I look back on the past 10 episodes, however, and the fact that already somewhere in my mind is potentially trying to represent each U.S. state and each country of the world here in this audio log, that would really mean that I have already niched to what? Citizens of the United States? I guess that's who I am speaking to a lot of times. And I really question if that's what I want to work towards or if I should swerve. And as I get into interviewing from other countries with high populations such as China and India currently ahead of the United States or Indonesia just behind, if I should be reporting populations from the states or provinces of those countries versus the entire country. And maybe instead of a potential goal of 195 countries represented in this audio log in 50 states, it's more like 195 countries and countries with top 2 to 5% population should be represented? I'm not sure what the answer is to ensure I'm not unintentionally silencing a voice. And also I'm trying to weigh that straight facts that if every single episode was an interview and I continued my rate of two episodes a month, that would take like 10 or 15 years to represent every geography's voice minimum. Whether I look at countries and U.S. or high population country provinces and other countries. Especially considering in the first six months, I've already needed a month off. And after this episode, I'll just barely be ahead of about half of episodes even being interviews. So maybe 20 years would be more realistic if this ends up being my goal at all. And that's when my mind goes back to the power of speaking to a niche group. Because... I will never achieve meeting such a diverse group of people from so many parts of the world to interview that can do so, especially in the English language. Side note, it's my own personal current limitation and not something I'm proud of. 
and hopefully you all see change over time during this academic pursuit of mine, aka this podcast. So basically I'm using more words than probably necessary to let you all in on all the things I'm mulling over in my mind one episode at a time. And of course, as always, my door is open for you to offer your opinion on all of this mulling of mine. What we have learned so far in these 10, and now you're listening to the 11th episode, is that every geography explored thus far has major negative shifts in the creatures that inhabit the area, which parallels the 20th century exponential population increase. What some experts describe to be an anomaly of the human species, and others wonder if it's here to stay and keep going along with our tech advancements as I had discussed in episode two. Animals are trying to adapt to this world of more humans and we're not making it easy on them. As we increase our population, really it comes from decrease in birth mortality rates and increase in average age of at death. So then I agree with that CNN article I mentioned is in the show notes that, quote, countries with aging populations need to adapt public programs that will support this growing population of older people. It's also discussed in the book Together, I review in a couple of episodes so far. But it's equally important to help our fellow creatures of this earth stay with us, to keep our two homes in harmony, which is why I am sharing these stats of endangered creatures among us and why I'm glad we're learning as I share these stats about different ways the public can be an integral part of scientists' work to steward our lands and support the diverse ecosystems Awareness like projects in Vanuatu or in episode nine with Andy asking for the public to submit information on their observation of our friends, the owls. We've also learned in just 10 episodes that there are some geographies where it is hands down obvious that one single food dish is associated with the area, such as in episode four with West Virginia's pizza roll. And other geographies, there is no true agreement on what is best associated. And maybe West Virginia was a bad example because it doesn't just have to do with the human population of an area. If we take perhaps episode 8 and episode 10, Egypt and Turkey, Egypt being 102 million, Turkey at 85 million, where Kashari in Egypt was hands down across the board on almost every site I could find on the internet and agreed with my interview to be the national dish versus Turkey having very diverse regions all stepping up to proclaim why their different dishes should be considered the national dish. We've also learned in these first few episodes how close we are to an official count of 8 billion human beings on this earth. We think it's going to happen this year. And also just what I mean by the title of this podcast, Power of the Hearts. And that includes the international religious consensus that nature is the fundamental basis of our ability to thrive, which the free book I urged everyone to read in that first episode, Faith for Earth, A Call to Action, is now even more backed up because Vatican City is another entity endorsing the Fossil Fuel Non-Proliferation Treaty. And 
while the world of science may argue on evolution as factor theory or what the end of the world may even look like, there is a complete agreement that our current rate of fossil fuel use is not sustainable, which is also supported by the fact that this month, another endorsement of the Fossil Fuel Nonproliferation Treaty is the World Health Organization. And also the newest report from February of this year from the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, IPCC. We have learned with this Power of the Hearts podcast that humans can feel a deep connection to both Earth and South in a wide variety of ways, from mindful hiking, like Colleen in episode four, to wrapping your head around the history and famous steps of other humans in the exact same locations we visit today to enjoy the splendor of art created or learn about lives saved like we did with Andy in episode nine, or not just a moment, but a conglomerate of moments leading to a realization and awareness of connection to both home and self, like Neil Gunn shares in episode 10. In episode one, you heard just how deep my devotion is to a vision that we exist for a reason beyond what we know, that our purpose, all of our purpose is shared together to offer this universe the love that we have. This incredible thing called human love, it's powerful beyond what we understand or ever will be able to understand, especially if we don't start tapping into what we can unlock daily in our intentions. All the personal development in the world, all the success, creation, healing, and creativity we're constantly exercising is amazing, beautiful, and vital to be where we are with the current advancements. Gosh, to people 200 years ago, an unfathomable reality. But it's also a zero purpose and does nothing for anything if we don't realize the truth that if we want it to all be worth something and help something in the universe that we need to learn to sustain, and that sustainability starts with a simple fundamental, the way we think every day. And that if we cannot just start with those thoughts, thoughts which lead to words, action, behavior, and then therefore result, then we will never truly fulfill the what we don't know, we don't know into our purpose. Things that I have learned as a student in this pursuit and I feel is therefore important to share with you as listeners of this self-proclaimed academic pursuit of mine include, first and foremost, that accountability with one thing does ripple into more. I feel like I kind of knew this and starting this podcast was my way of really seeking out how true this is. It's the premise of why I promote that if we all just start with thoughts, like those I offer in some of my daily intention of the heart examples at the end of each episode. And so I'm showing to you how I'm proving to myself that my unwavering commitment to be accountable to my first intentional movement almost six years ago, then my accountability to myself to add intention to my nutrition and then adding what I refer to as my brain food, 
the regular books, podcasts, my therapy sessions, classes I take, articles I consume on personal development has now bubbled into this academic pursuit even being a seed in my mind. And now, look, I'm showing up. And it's showing that this is just another layer of my own accountability rippling into something more. And I'm adding another non-negotiable to my life because I have stuck to my commitment to produce two episodes every month. And at the same time, just like my other habits, I've been stacking these past six years, movement, nutrition, quote unquote, brain food. I'm also aware of intentional rest being included in the accountability because staying in tune with when a break is needed is a part of being accountable to anything. I've also learned personally that we have it in our head sometimes that something needs to be a certain way and it causes us to delay or maybe ghost doing or replying about something because we have made it in our mind that it needs to be that way and maybe we don't have the time or energy yet to do it in that way. Maybe you would call this a type of procrastination, which I don't mean laziness, but more a conditional response to attention deficit. And I've been reminded that it is in our head how it needs to be done. And all that really matters at the end of the day is connection and courtesy of connection. So if we just start with connection and honesty Even if that means telling someone, hey, I had a life curve and I'm not in the place to follow through like we last talked about, or to even just have this conversation right now, that that in itself is really all that has to happen, not the what's in our head needs to happen. And this concept ties to a book I've been rereading. Let me tell you, rereading. It's not an easy one to digest by Byron Katie called The Work. She presents how all human suffering, such as loneliness and overwhelm, is really created by our own self and our thoughts. So if we think we need to do or apply about something in a certain way, that's on us to think that and to then suffer from us not being able to follow through if we're not in a place to. And really, we need to do what she calls the work to relieve ourselves of the suffering aspect. And more often than not, the work simply is making a connection either with yourself or someone else in a different way than you're currently telling yourself and therefore suffering from. You following me? I've also learned I can do an entire episode about whether we can overcome our avoidance like I did in episode two, bringing up how we not only avoid but are not in tune with the stresses in our lives and how it impacts our behaviors and not even realize the name of what I'm talking about, this attitude gap behavior until interviewing someone I meet on Instagram in episode 10. I feel I've also learned that many leaders in personal development, such as those I've mentioned, referenced, or quoted in these first few episodes, offer so much. My goodness, I'm grateful for digesting all of their content these past few years. But 
not bringing enough equivalence to the importance of interwoven daily connection with the planet and somehow that becoming a separate entity from quote-unquote home, it's not serving us to be truly our greatest good individually. And I think this is where maybe I'm finding my niche is because perhaps this podcast is becoming a type of personal development for you as a listener. And it's a personal development that does integrate that. I'm still learning though. And while I'm learning, I certainly will say that Earth is us. There's not really a climate crisis or global warming. It's really actually something more like we are living in a time the human species has an opportunity to exist beyond the now and gift an unknown all we have learned. And the only way we can do that is to make sure that the earth survives with us. So, hmm, I'm not sure how to come up with a more simplified two words of saying that. Maybe it's called simply the human opportunity, not climate crisis. We have proven we can do hard things to take steps towards achieving this unknown. I mean, look at the impacts of the Montreal Protocol renewing our ozone layer. The UN now reports, quote, without this treaty, ozone depletion would have increased tenfold by 2050 compared to current levels. And additional cases of melanoma, other cancers, and eye cataracts. It's been estimated, for example, that the Montreal Protocol is saving an estimated 2 million people each year by 2030 from skin cancer. So while this particular episode brings a massive highlight to, yes, I'll use it, climate change, or is it human opportunity? The Power of the Hearts podcast is not just about climate change and promoting how individual contribution can make a difference. Something in itself is argued by our systemic climate change activists and sustainable life leaders actually perhaps takes away from the action we need from the big players to actually be accountable to the changes the world needs. This is actually very well discussed in an article I found, which you can learn more from also in the show notes. But what this audio log is about is bringing connection to how thoughts, word, and action towards our two home and alignment with this galaxy contributes to any betterment. Betterment of self, betterment of this planet, betterment of this inter-R. Whether that's eating one last piece of discount processed food or paying attention to how your industry recycles, like I talk about with Kevin in episode five, any betterment is what we need. And if we focus on what we can do, not scrutinizing what others can do or suggesting someone else's can do could be better or more, but trusting in one another that we're all doing our best to be conscious of these two homes each day in whatever way we can, whether your can do is to grow a large family or the opposite, 
not to procreate at all. We need to just get to a point where we're all actually making a daily intention. Or even if it's that pause, as I describe in episode seven, any way you make an intention and then believe that each of our unique journey is doing the best we can with the constraints and limitations each has, I believe that can do snowballs for each of us individually, which then leads into our communities and into the support of more systemic change that our climate and sustainability leaders are organizing for us. So with this mouthful and a long list of very long references that I'm overly abbreviating perhaps in some ways today, I end this episode as I always do with a daily intention of the heart, an example of how you can use the power of your heart to serve or care for these two homes we all have. For yourself, if you're on social media, I ask you to simply click that follow button on one of the leader's accounts I've mentioned thus far in this audio log. And if you're not on social media, please take a moment to click on any one of the links in an episode and learn more about the work different people and organizations are doing. And for care for this planet, please sign the Fossil Fuel Non-Proliferation Treaty as an individual or organization. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening and sharing episodes. It's why I continue to find the time to hide under a blanket in my basement to record and put these together. I genuinely believe in the power of consistent action for the fact that I'm still alive. (laughs) And I cannot give up on figuring out where this is all going as I watch my son grow into a man. Please don't forget to tag me on Instagram or forward this episode to a friend. I know I'm working towards offering a free challenge you will not want to miss, so stick with me until my schedule permits. And until then, please continue to find me on Instagram at Power of the Hearts to support. And let's together do what we can and do it today. <laughs>